Welcome to the Greatness is Design podcast, the podcast where we argue great businesses are designed. I'm your host, Sasha Lynchandani, the Managing Director of Brass Rock Consulting. Brass Rock Consulting is a firm that's strictly focused on helping companies grow or handle succession or transition planning. And we do this through management consulting and CFO services. Our hope is that you, the listener, are able to gain some insights from what we do here at Brass Rock and are able to apply it within your business. So at Brass Rock, a lot of times we have clients who, you know, they go from $5 million in revenue and in a very short time frame go to 15 or 20 million. And to the outside person, that looks very instant. It happens very, very fast. But what people don't know is that a lot of the times we're engaged three or four years earlier and are working with that company to build the team, to build the strategy, to get the capital, to actually allow that that business to, to achieve those results. What we've learned over time is that you can have the right strategy, you can have the right financial forecasts, you can have the right capital, but if you don't have the right people, the right organization with the right people in the right seats, you're just not going to get there. So a lot of times at Brass Rock, we're looking at the organizational structure. We're proactively adjusting it and adapting it. And this is on a continual, regular basis with intention. A lot of times when we meet people or meet business owners, frankly, their organization is constructed more based on seniority uh, versus qualification. And and that's one way of doing it. Uh, but we feel that the more the, the more productive way to do it and, and the more accretive way to do it is to actually be proactive and always uh, manage people based on their skill sets and where, and where they are, where, where your business is in its, in its strategic cycle. So we thought in today's interview, we would bring some Canadiana into it and we would talk about hockey because our, our current premise is that the way we help adjust organizations, we feel that you know hockey teams are no different. Now, I don't know very much about hockey, to be honest, but the person who's across from me is Bob Lokes. Bob Lokes, for your background, uh, was the head coach of the Lethbridge Hurricanes, the Medicine Hat Tigers, Tri-City Americans, the Lake Charles Ice Pirates, uh, the Canadian uh, national team, the Japanese national team. This man knows hockey. There is no question. And when it comes to building teams, he is the aficionado on the topic. So, Bob, thank you for being on our show. Well, thank you for having me. Hopefully I can add something to uh, what you're thinking uh, on the business line. Let's start at the very basic. As I introduced uh, this, this podcast, you know, when we when we go into businesses, if the company's doing five million bucks and they want to do fifteen or twenty, we spend a lot of time figuring out how to get there, and we work for a number of years before we get to that fifteen million dollar. Now, in hockey, uh, can you give me some insight when you step into a team? Are you going for the Memorial Cup or the Stanley Cup right out of the gate, or get a baseline and coach from there? Well, in hockey, you're always trying to win the ultimate prize, whatever the league is that you're in. But you have to have a process on how you're going to get there. Where's your team at the present time? How far away are you? Or are you even close? And you have to evaluate what you have, what you need. And you have to evaluate the people that you have at your disposal. Um, you don't succeed unless you have good people. 
and right. and that's in every aspect of the team from the arena staff right through to the general manager president of the team so you have to make sure that you've built a culture and you've got the right people that fit into what you're trying to do bring up a great point team success i guess everybody because the team's on the tv all the time uh, that's what you're focusing on but it's not just the people on tv it's the gm it's the admin assistants it's everyone well it is and it's your scouting staff is ultra important because they're the people that are out evaluating talent for you so you have to make sure that you've got the right people in every aspect of your organization because it's a collective process and not one person is going to be able to see everybody they need to see. It's like interviewing for a job. You might have 10 people up for the job, but you don't know all 10. So you have to do background work and find out what their strengths and weaknesses are. And that's kind of what scouts do or assistant coaches do. Even the players on your team can tell you interesting facts about other players that you might be looking at bringing into the organization. So as much background information as you can get on anybody from any level, is important. So every everyone in the organization has to contribute to the success. When you're engaged on a team, is there a, a moment where everyone becomes aware of one strategic vision of where that team's going to go in the in the next year, in the next two years? Well, I think it's an ongoing process. I mean, I yeah. think you have to have a realistic evaluation of where you are at the present time and where you're trying to get to and what it's going to take to get to that. Right. And you might have some of the pieces in place. You might have most of the pieces in place. But if you haven't been successful or you're not as successful as you want to be, haven't reached your ultimate goal, then obviously there's pieces that you need to add or right. philosophies that need to change, strategies that need to change. And so it takes more than one person. It takes a, a collaboration of multiple people to get to that ultimate uh, goal that you're trying to get to. I understand. A lot of times when we talk to potential prospects who are coming on to the firm, they they talk about their success is all tied to one sales guy or one genius engineer. And, and what I've always felt is, you know, in the news, you always hear about, about Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or Elon Musk. And yeah, these people are geniuses. But the reality is, in our opinion, that they have a team that supports them, that is equally genius, equally dedicated to helping the overall company succeed. Now, dovetailing that into hockey, I'm sure there's star players like Joe Thornton, for example. How do you handle that situation? How do you handle when you have a star player when you're, when you're building a team? Well, everybody wants the star. Let's be honest. You want to have the best players that uh, are at your disposal, but they cost money. So you, right. have, to, <laughs> you have to figure out where where each each person fits in the in the structure of the team. But you have to have support people. It doesn't matter who the player is. The best player in your team cannot do it by himself. Right. He can't play one against the other six that are on the other team that are on the ice. So his support players have to complement him, and they all have to have an, a general understanding of what each one of their roles are right. and that goes from a first line player a second line a third a fourth some of those people are interchangeable up and down the lineup and those are always valuable players that can move up and down but they all have to understand what their role is specifically and other other things that they're capable of doing when called upon so so you get this team you have these support players how much time do you spend coaching the support players versus the star i'm sure that's got to be a challenge on a on a constant basis well you you have to coach them all obviously the star players are more capable of doing skill things usually 
and in a lot of cases, less capable of doing the actual grunt work, for a lack of a better term. Right. So, so I, you've, you've got to get them to understand that uh, they have to lead by example, too. So they're expected to do things that, that maybe make them uncomfortable or are situations that they're not normally in as they come up through the ranks. But they still have to contribute to the overall team. And, and the players, so-called lesser players, I guess, lesser skilled players, have a role to do, too, as well. Yeah. But you've got to coach them get their skill level up as as hockey has gone on over the years the it used to be the fourth line players just went out and hit everybody now that's not the case they have to be able to actually play the game they have to be able to contribute on the scoreboard as well as you know play the defensive side of the game so you you've got to coach them all in one form or another and uh, and it's an ongoing process it never never stops and with a player when he quits getting better he's probably going to play himself out of the league when you're working with them and you're coaching them on a frequent basis do you find that every year, because you're spending more time coaching the support players, the star is obviously continuing, but there's probably more growth in the support players. Do you find that that team over time is just becomes a stronger and stronger team? And you know, maybe you don't do the Memorial Cup or the Stanley Cup in year one, but there's a strong probability of hitting it in years three or four depending on how much. Well, that, that's exactly what you're trying to do is you're trying to see where you are, what your window is, is what is normally spoken about in sport is right. you have a window to win and you got to figure out where that window is. Right. And usually that window is a two or a three year period. And you're trying to build towards that two or three year period. And hopefully in that window is your opportunity to win. So you, it's a process. It's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a process and it takes time. And the, best skill that you can have is to develop a good culture and a good work ethic within your team where everybody is on the same page and they're all working for each other and I think that's the same in any business to be successful they all have to work in a collaborative effort and some people are going to uh, work in one area some people are going to work in a little bit different area but they're all working towards that end goal it's very much true in in organizations a lot of the success of you know of our clients is tied to the fact that once we figure out where they're going and why they're doing what they're doing getting everybody in the right places and motivating and nurturing them really is is the precipitous of, of why these companies succeed at the end of the day and it's 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 sort of no different than hockey actually there's so many different aspects of the game of hockey that you don't actually see when you're watching on tv or live in an arena that goes into winning and right. winning is the ultimate goal, obviously, as business is the ultimate goal is success and make money. And wins are what you measure yourself with in hockey. And it takes it takes different skill sets from different people to work towards that common end. And you've got to bring people along. Some people come along quicker than others, but... Uh, you know, it's it's just it's a process, and it's it takes time, and you know, you you're never going to win the ultimate goal if it's a Stanley Cup with with a bunch of 22 or 23 year old players. They might be your star players for five years ahead, but they're not your star player now. So they have to understand that they've got a lot of growth to come in their game, and you've got to make sure that when they're ready to win, your older guys aren't too old to be able to contribute as well. So that's where that window is. If you look at, say, a Washington Capitals with uh, with Ovechkin, he's getting towards the end of his career. Sidney Crosby, you know, Carey Price, guys mm-hmm. like that, they're getting towards the end. So they need to find the players that complement them now so they can win now. That's the ultimate challenge is to get everybody at the right stage in their career to be 
productive enough to win. And in business, I think it's the same thing. It's, have we got the right people in place to get us to the next step? And have we got the people coming in behind that can complement and keep the process moving along? That's exactly it. The training process and the recruiting process never ends. But it sounds like in hockey, it's the exact same story. You're always monitoring you know, your team's performance or your, or your player's performance. And you're always finding new people, however you can, to, to spend time and train and to be your next star players. Well, that's exactly right. And you're also monitoring the other teams that you're playing against too. What are they doing? What makes them successful? What can we take from their game? In hockey, you call, you call it uh, Robin Steele. So whatever somebody else does <laughs> that you know works, you, yeah. you steal it from their playbook and put it in yours. Right. And I think that's the same in business. When you see what other people do that are successful or something that you can do to, to add to your skill set, then you add it. And, and this sort of dovetails into a really great question I had, which was a lot of times in business, people give up too soon because the, the competitor has in their eyes, you know, more talent, more capital. Uh, there's a myriad of, 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 of reasons or excuses. We believe uh, you can always make it happen. You just got to make sure you're, you're investing in the right places and you have the right strategy. And I imagine in hockey, it's, you're confronted with the exact same thing. You're always hearing about other teams that have more money, that have more star players. It's probably nonstop. Well, in it, to me, those are excuses. And if you're yeah. looking for excuses, you're never going to be successful. Right. Uh, one of my favorite sayings has always been, if your best isn't always good enough, you have to do whatever it takes. Right. And you have to get that mentality in your people so that they are always striving to get better. 1% a day adds up. You're not going to be at your best every day, but you're always striving for for perfection, knowing that you're not going to be perfect. But if you're not striving to be perfect, you're never going to get better. And I think that's one of the one of the the key requirements uh, of being a good coach is getting people to motivate on their on their bad days and getting people to really excel on their good days. If you get people motivated and they're excited about what they're doing, uh, they work a lot harder. And, right. it, and if they know that they're being appreciated for what they're doing, they're going to work even that much harder. And when they see they have a little success, then they want more success. And, right. the, and it just keeps building. It just, yeah. it just runs like a, like a rapid wildfire. Right. I, you know, it, it, I, it reminds me of uh, this Netflix uh, documentary, The Last Dance, with the story of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. And, and it's kind of the same thing. Once you had the right, the right five guys together, or six guys or whatever it was, but you, you had a team that was unstoppable, right? Well, exactly. And I think Michael Jordan, I think that's a good example. Michael Jordan as a player was terrific. Mm-hmm. And he used one or two players a lot to make him the player that he was. He left and went to play baseball for a couple of years. He came back to basketball. I think he was a much better basketball player when he came back to basketball because he had empathy for the other players on his team. When he played baseball, he wasn't as good as he thought he was. So now he understood, you know what? In basketball, I have this skill level that other guys don't have. And maybe I need to understand a little bit more about what makes them work and bring them along within the team to contribute to the team because they don't have the same skill level as him doesn't mean that they're not capable of helping the team win. And I think he had a lot more empathy for the number three and four and five and six and seven, eight players on the team than what he had before he went to baseball. You hear of these people with mega salaries that a lot of times the viewer thinks that capital is no object in hockey. Like basically there's tons of money and we can burn it and we got lots of it to go. 
But is that really true? Because in business, I'll be honest with you, whether you're Amazon or Tesla or mom and pop plumber, capital is the lifeblood of the organization and you are stuck. Whatever you want to achieve, it's got to be within a budget. That's just the reality. And I and so is hockey the same way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, they have salary caps now, but there's still a budget. And I think you always look at where your team is at the at the moment and do you want to spend to the cap because mm-hmm. this is your window to win or do you want to you know, be a little bit more conservative while you're developing some of your younger players that you know in two or three years are going to put you in that winner to win, and then that's when you spend. So I, I think it's somewhat similar. You're mm-hmm. always working on a budget, whether it's a, a a tighter budget or a looser budget, but I think it all depends on your circumstance at the time, and I think businesses are the same. They look at the market. Where's the market going? Is this the time to spend, or is this the time to tighten the belt? And then I think it's the same in hockey. A lot of times with companies, we service one's target market and we're going to make a jump to service a a new target market that has a whole bunch of new complexities. But we spend a long period of time and we get get these people strong. And then when we do the big push to open up into that new market, that's when, you know, we open up the floodgates with regards to capital. But it's it's a slow process and right. because and I, now's the time to jump. I right? think that's the same in sports. You look at where your window is, you develop what you have, and you say, okay, here's our window. Now we're going to spend. I think that's the same in business. You, you, you forecast and you hope that you're forecasting right. I, I cannot stress how important forecasting is uh, for new product lines or new, or new plants. But in hockey, you're forecasting future salaries and new customer, or sorry, new, uh, new player demands if you have to recruit new players. Even when it comes to, I guess, looking at shifts in, in the organization, it's not, it's not Bob in his sole opinion saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift this, this team in this way. It's, it's a collaborative effort, I imagine, from all levels of the organization to figure out what's the best answer. Well, it is. In hockey, it's always when the coach is mad at a player and asks the GM to trade him, wait two weeks and ask him <laughs> again because you don't want to make that knee-jerk reaction just because the player did something to tick you off or, or he's struggling a little bit with something. Sometimes you just have to show some patience, show some belief in the, in the player and, and work with them and get them through whatever obstacles in front of them and, and you move on uh, making a knee-jerk reaction usually burns you how often do you feel that uh, that you should be reviewing your team or your organizational structure so for us we're doing it all the time like it never ends daily yeah so it, daily. Ne- it never ends you're always looking to improve and uh, you can be perfectly happy with what you have but you're always looking to get better so I, I think it's daily and i think it's by everybody in the organization and uh it's a, a collaborative effort. I think what we've pretty much established through this podcast is that really at the end of the day, when it comes to building a business and, and building a hockey team, they're very akin. They're very, very identical. There might be, there might be different eccentricities to, to both, obviously, but generally speaking, it's, it's fundamentally the same challenges. Bob, I, I can't say thank you enough. I know nothing about hockey, so... And I don't know much about business. So. There you go. There you go. So thank you for taking the time. I greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast, an exploratory discussion into how building hockey teams and players and thinking about organizational structure is really no different than how you have to think about organizational structure in your business. My name is Sasha Alimchandani. Thank you for listening to Greatness is Designed. If you want to listen to other episodes, 
go to brassrockconsulting.com forward slash podcast or wherever you source your podcasts.